Michael Hayward, host of the podcast series called Coach on Your Shoulder. In this podcast, we'll explore the world of executive coaching and specifically get to know what coaches do, the various ways they work, and how you can take advantage of a coach to get ahead in your career, with your projects, or in any area of your life where you could benefit from some help in reaching your goals. In this series, we are joined by Melissa Simmons of Lubinology, a Texas-based coaching business. Melissa draws on her extensive business and education experience, as well as her training as a Marine to coach entrepreneurs and business leaders. Okay, we're back to continue our conversation with Melissa Simmons about knowing yourself and seeking self-improvement. Hello again, Melissa. Hey, Michael. One of the things we haven't spent a lot of time talking about yet, Melissa, is feedback. And feedback specifically in my mind, you know, starts with the way we seek input on the progress that we're trying to make. So feedback, not just for understanding ourselves, but feedback for understanding our progress against our goals. Absolutely. And I think an important concept to introduce here is that there are different types of feedback. So I get this framework from a book called Thanks for the Feedback, and the authors are Stone and Heen. They, Stone and Heen identify three different types of feedback. One is evaluative, i.e. telling you where you stand. One is coaching, someone telling you what you could fix, how you could do things differently. And one is appreciation. And that's telling you that you did a good job. And I think that that third one, appreciation, is often overlooked as even a form of feedback. And it really is a form of feedback. For example, if you're working really hard on something and what you want is some positive reinforcement that you're headed down the right path, what you're looking for is appreciation. I think it's important to have these three different types of feedback in our mind because it's possible for two people using the word feedback to mean two different things. If I ask my boss for feedback and what he gives, and what I mean is coaching feedback and what he gives me is appreciation, he's going to think that he gave me feedback and I'm going to be left feeling unsatisfied. So it's important to make sure that you as the requester of feedback and the person who's providing the feedback are on the same page about what it is that you even mean when you say feedback. Finding people who'll tell you what they think isn't that hard to do. Finding people who'll tell you what they think of you in lots of cases, and isn't that hard to do. How do you get the kind of feedback that you actually want? Where, where do you go looking, for example, for feedback that's going to help you with the process that you're going through? It depends on what type of feedback you're looking for. Again, the universal answer is it depends. And let's say, for example, you're looking for feedback about how you could be a better boss and there's a power dynamic, if you're asking your subordinates for feedback, they might be reluctant to be honest with you. In that case, you might have to anonymize the answers or enlist the help of a third party to help you get that information. In many cases, you would be well served to ask peers or someone who is above you in the hierarchy because those people don't have anything at risk from a power standpoint to be honest and straightforward with you. Another avenue is to ask someone who's completely outside, someone who's outside your organization who has nothing at stake. They have no nothing to lose, no reason not to be honest with you. 
I think it's a great point because there are a lot, there are plenty of people that we work with or, or, or know who will give us feedback, but what they're really doing is telling us things they think we want to hear as mm-hmm. opposed to telling us things we need to hear. Right. So that gives us a, a sense that, you know, we have to be careful about the feedback we ask for, and we have to be fairly descriptive about the kind of feedback and the kind of honesty we're looking for. And I think then it also stands to reason that we have to be honest with ourselves about the kind of feedback we're able or willing to take. Basically, you can't take this stuff so personally that you're going to hold a grudge just because mm-hmm. somebody told you the truth. Absolutely. And I am reading a book right now where feedback is a component of it. And the author says that the only acceptable response when someone offers you feedback is thank you. Because what that does is reinforce to the giver of the feedback, let them know that you're receptive to hearing what they have to say. It doesn't mean that you have to take it on board or take any action on it or whether you even agree with it or not. What it signals is that I'm open and I'm listening to what you have to say. Thank you. Right. Right. Now, we went through a process of assessment earlier. And so feedback isn't really about reassessing necessarily, is it? Or is it able to uncover something else that maybe we didn't see at the time we did some initial assessment work? Feedback can be a useful way to get insight about your blind spots. We all have things that we're just not aware of about ourselves. So this is still the concept of know yourself before you even get to to seek self-improvement. If someone gives you feedback, whether it's solicited or unsolicited, and it's something that you think doesn't sound like you at all, that's probably an indicator that you could pause for a second and, and reflect on whether it's showing you a blind spot. This is not the same as a formal assessment. This could be ad hoc. It could be structured or unstructured. It could just be something that someone says to you. And it's important to just be aware of this information that's coming in because it could be showing you a blind spot. So what I hear in there is that it's not really the feedback on its own isn't a replacement for an assessment. But if you're on a pathway to working on some strength or improving some weakness, feedback can be useful not only to mark your progress against a goal, so you can get maybe some measurable feedback, but also you can start to get more iterative discovery that says, oh, as I'm working on this, it's kind of uncovering another area that the assessment didn't show me. And But now as I'm going down this road, it's like, actually, there's this other thing over here that you know is probably going to hold me back if I don't work on it a little bit. And this feedback kind of uncovers that little side journey that we might need to make. Absolutely. It can be very enlightening. And it's also the way that you can gauge your progress. Let's say you're trying to change a behavior. If we take something benign, like Mm -hmm. you showing up on time, prepared for meetings, you might think you're doing a great job unless you have feedback from other people and not just one-time feedback, regular feedback. Mm -hmm. You can't really know if you're accomplishing that goal. Because if you think I'm I'm showing up on time and prepared and your colleagues give you feedback that says, listen, you showed up at 12 o'clock when the meeting started at 12 o'clock and you should have been here at least five minutes early and you were still shuffling through your papers. You really weren't on time and prepared and you wouldn't have known that without somebody else's feedback. 
Yeah, so it's that it's that objective third party kind of feedback confirmation if we're making progress against our goals. Like there's another aspect to this, which isn't just the getting feedback, but how you process feedback, how you deal with it yourself. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, give me feedback. And then when the feedback comes back and it shocks you in some way, or you know, maybe hits a, an emotional nerve, how do you how do you deal with the possibility that the feedback isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. And maybe, you know, it's going to challenge you in, in a new way. First, you say thank you. Okay. You <laughs> thank the provider for their feedback. And then you start the process of evaluating it in your own mind. If, if your initial response is to argue with the provider of the feedback, you can guarantee that they're not going to give you honest feedback in the future. Mm-hmm. If you truly value the feedback, your initial response is thank you with a period. What if the feedback includes some stuff you didn't want feedback? Well, that's where you can practice setting boundaries also, especially if the feedback is unsolicited. And this can happen frequently in interpersonal relationships. You can still start with thank you. Thank you for your input. And this is not something that I need any help on. Or you can establish a boundary. Thank you. I appreciate your observation. And I got, I got it handled. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a balance. And I think that if you make it a habit of asking for feedback, then people might be less likely to offer it to you unsolicited because they know that there will be an opportunity for you to, to receive it. It can be really difficult to get feedback that you were not expecting that was not asked for, and that maybe doesn't align with your view of yourself. And again, if you go to just the number one rule, say thank you, and then decide what you're going to do with that. And you don't have to take action on the feedback that people give you. There's a concept that you make me think of when you say thank you. And it, I think it's a useful one because in, in our minds, there are two ways that we can process and then you know, act on some feedback, we can react to it Mm. or we can respond to it. And thank you gives us some space, doesn't it? It says, it says, I am not going to give you my quick reaction, even though there's a part of our brain that's probably just dying to burst out and, you know, tell the other person what we think of that feedback Mm -hmm. and why, and why it's wrong or, you know, why it was off base or how, how much they missed the mark by or anything like that. In the case, of course, when the feedback doesn't align with our current view of ourselves, and especially when it's unsolicited feedback that doesn't align with our view of ourselves. If you take a moment and let the feedback land and the thank you buys you at least a moment to do that, you know, and then you say, well, I'm going to take that feedback on board. I'm going to think about it and think about how I might be able to apply that going forward. Now you've had a chance to basically buy time to respond and respond can be that feedback doesn't quite land where I need it to to land. And there's not much actionable that I can do with that feedback. So I'm not going to do much with it. Or you can, you know, process it and say that feedback was a little painful, but the right kind of helpful pain. Mm-hmm. That says, all right, you're right. I need to do something about that. And then because you've bought yourself some time, you've allowed yourself to take on board the potentially difficult feedback that says, I've still got work 
to do with this thing. Yeah. And you you and I both said this, and I think it bears repeating, that you don't have to take in every piece of feedback that you receive. And just by saying thank you doesn't mean there's not an implication that I'm going to change something or that you're right. It's just thank you for offering that. And right. it gives you a moment to decide what you want to do with that information. And I think asking for feedback is important. And I fall back on one of my life rules that I established when I was much younger, which is don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. And the, the classic example is, does this make me look fat? Do not ask that question if you don't want to hear an honest answer to it. Right. I live, I live by this rule. And this goes, this is with feedback too, is if you are asking for feedback, then you might be, you might be hearing things that you weren't prepared for or that you weren't expecting or that are difficult to hear. If you're asking the question, be open to whatever comes back your direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How we handle the feedback becomes so important, not just for ourselves and, you know, whether we take action on the feedback, but for the way we manage the relationships with the people that we know and trust and, and, you know, the people, especially who went a step over where they might've normally gone to give you some honest feedback, you know, they, especially if they were trying to be thoughtful mm -hmm. and, you know, consistent about providing the feedback because you'd asked for it. So I think it's, it, it's absolutely important that we say thank you and actually mean it. Yes. And just to drive that point home, the thank you is just for the offering. It's not even about the content mm -hmm. of what the person had to say. The thank you is thank you for being willing to give me your honest thoughts and opinions. It has mm -hmm. nothing to say about the content of what they actually told you. Right. Anything else we should think about with feedback? There are ways to do structured feedback and unstructured feedback, and I think both are valuable. There's anonymous feedback, which we talked about. There's 360 evaluations, and if you enlist the help of a coach, they can help you with those sorts of things. Ad hoc feedback can happen at any time. And I think that when you're asking for feedback, it can be really useful to be specific. Let's say that I was writing an article and I sent it to to you, Michael, for some feedback, I might ask you, can you tell me three things that you like about this article and three things that you think I could change? If I'm specific in that way in my ask, then it gives you a structure with which to reply instead of me sending it to you with just, hey, can you give me some feedback on this? I think that me as the asker of feedback, I'm setting myself up for a more useful result if I'm specific with my request. I think back on the conversation we've had, I'm going to recap it briefly, and then maybe we can think of if there's any, any way that we can wrap this up neatly for people who might be listening with the intention of you know getting on a pathway like this. We started with an approach to coaching that was drawn from an element of the Marine Corps leadership principles right? Know yourself and seek self-improvement. Uh, I think we identified it's a, an approach that can be applied across all kinds of situations. This isn't something that's specifically business coaching or life coaching or career coaching or anything like that. It's something that once you have this idea in mind, you can really start to apply it anywhere you feel like you need to improve. And in the case that, you know, of a coached approach to this, 
We really spent the time talking about assessments and the assessments is the way to start to get a pretty good idea about knowing yourself, right? Who you are, how you show up, and a bunch of examples of how you can go about that. Once you've got an assessment you're working on, and you might have to make a choice about where you're going to start working on your strengths and weaknesses, but uh, you, you know you 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 get to work on that. You you know maybe work with a coach or some sort of a partner to to help you down that road. And then feedback is the thing that you know, really helps us measure our progress and identify any subsequent issues that might pop up in front of us or roadblocks that pop up in front of us and you know, give us a, a, a way of saying, am I getting closer to the place that I want it to be? Have I actually improved in a meaningful and measurable way? I think that, you know, when I, when I play it back like that, and we covered a lot of territory in a, in a short amount of time, so there's a lot more to it than we can ever do in a, you know, format of a podcast, but you, you've got a sense that this isn't something that's hard to do. It's just something that you need to be thoughtful about and go step by step through a process to figure out where you are, who you are, how you're showing up, and then get to work on it. So nobody should ever feel like this is a thing that they can't get started on tomorrow, right? This isn't the thing you have to turn your life around first before you can start to do it. You can take a small or a large part of your personal objectives and you say, I'm going to get to work on this and I, I can start tomorrow. And it's an easy thing to take this first step down this road. So Melissa, is there anything else that we should think about as we, as we wrap the, the whole package up here? I think a good place to bring it together is to remind people to not take themselves too seriously, which mm -hmm. is funny coming from me who tends to be a pretty serious person. This is something that I remind myself about. Sometimes when my weird quirks show up or my weaknesses that I t am working on, if I find myself doing those things, it's helpful for me to really just kind of laugh at myself like, oh, there I go again, doing that thing that I always do. And when I'm able to approach it with a little bit of lightness and sense of humor, it helps me continue on the journey and moving forward. Okay, Melissa, this has been a fascinating journey. I know a lot of people who would listen to a series of podcasts like this are going to be not just intrigued, they're going to wonder about how do I get started and what should I expect? And you know, from my experience, what should I expect include, should include what kind of commitment should I expect to make in terms of time and energy to this process? So I think the first step is obvious. Anybody who's curious or interested about your approach should reach out to you directly. And what would you tell them in terms of their, what they should expect from you and what they should expect to commit for themselves in this process. What you can expect from me, and if you go to luminology.co, it's not luminology.com, just putting that out there. It's luminology.co. If you go to the website, you'll find a button on there that says Let's Connect, and it gives you the opportunity to schedule a 30-minute conversation with me, which is completely free, no obligation on my side or yours. And it's just a conversation to see if it might be a good fit. I think that's important because why would you make a commitment for time or money if you don't even know yet whether it's a good fit? So that's one thing that people can expect. And in my experience, it might require a couple of conversations before the client really knows that this is the path they want to go down. Because 
when we start coaching in earnest, it requires a commitment, a commitment of time, a commitment of money, a commitment of attention and energy and life force. It really should be, you should know that this is what you want to do before you start embarking on this journey. And I think I mentioned in one of our earlier conversations, my ask is a six-month commitment. And it may be longer than that. In very few cases, it ends up being shorter than that. But in most cases, six months is a good place to start. It's one of those things that it's good for you, but it doesn't happen overnight, right? You know, knowing yourself and seeking self-improvement is something that does take a little bit of time and energy to get to. I think it's uh, valuable for us all to recognize that it's a mutual commitment, right? And, but I think as much as anything, it's a commitment to ourselves, right? It should be, it's a good product and, you know, one we should be pretty comfortable, you know, committing to, to, to improving. So I take away that this isn't a thing that you have to do all by yourself, right? You're going to be, you know, in a pretty consistent conversation about each step of the way. And you're going to have a partner, basically, when you work with a coach. When you work, you know, if I work with you, Melissa, then I know that you're going to show up and you're going to be prepared. You've done this in ways that, you know, give me confidence that you're going to be able to walk down this path beside me, not do it for me, but, you know, kind of say, hey, look, you're not on this journey on your own. You've always got somebody that you can touch back and, you know, reflect on things or ask questions of to make sure that as we go down this road, we go down this road knowing that it's not just a random walk. It's a, it's a purposeful path. Absolutely. Thank you, Melissa. I've really enjoyed understanding your approach to coaching and your methodology and, and really enjoyed our conversation together. So wish you all the best. And you know, if you're interested in contacting Melissa, all the information will be repeated in the notes to the programs. And I'd absolutely encourage you to pick up the phone or get on the web and make that initial outreach. Nothing, nothing to lose. You'll find out if this is the right thing for you. You've been listening to Coach on Your Shoulder. I'm Michael Hayward. Coach on Your Shoulder is a weekly podcast that you can subscribe to at all the finest podcast outlets. Coach on Your Shoulder is co-produced by Melissa Simmons of Luminology. If you have questions about finding a coach or how you can get the most of a coaching relationship, drop us a line. We always love to hear from listeners like you.